and welcome to the Community Cactus. I'm so happy you're here with me today. So back by popular demand, I am actually going to cover MLMs again. However, today we are going to focus on a different area of MLMs. And I believe I mentioned in the last podcast, but really there is so much we can cover on this. There is endless amount of topics, but today specifically, we are going to talk about how MLMs are cults. Oh yeah, I'm going there. We're going to unpack this today because there is so much information. I did do a lot of extra research for today's podcast. And let me tell you, I thought I knew a lot about MLM and the structure of MLMs and even how they are very cult-like. But when I deep dived into this, I was just like, oh wow like it even shocked me and i'm already anti-mlm so let's unpack it so when we think of an mlm the biggest thing that we need to talk about is that their number one driver is recruitment right so when you belong to an mlm um the product is very much a secondary part of it and the number one part of being successful within an MLM as a, you know, whatever you want to call yourself, consultant or salesperson, whatever, is to recruit and to really build your, your upline. I think it is. Yeah. Your upline, your downline is. Yeah. So your upline, sorry, had to try to use the right lingo. So I read a bunch of different articles. This one I found was the most, um, encompassing on that and I'm going to touch on a lot of the key factors but I'll link the article below so that you can actually go in like read all the details it's fascinating honestly I was just like wow this is this is so wild and crazy and totally true like I totally see it um and by totally true I mean is I can see these tactics being used like I've I've been in situations where I've seen them do this type of stuff. So it's not, it's not left field. It's not, they're not pulling at straws here. This is stuff that if you know anyone in MLMs, you'll be able to identify it really, really like easily. All right. So let's, let's dive in. So one of the biggest things, and I feel like this is like the very first point I just went, Oh my God, like, yup. Check mark. Uh, mass meetings with enthusiastic distributor giveaways <laughs> and standing ovations. I felt like I had to say it that way. Um, like how many times have I been invited to an Arbonne meeting or, you know, an Alouette function or something of that nature where it's like, come to this party or this event and like, come and see what we're all about. And that's really, really big with MLMs is these big group meetings and they focus on that positive thinking and recruitment and they're they really are like rah rah go go you could do it we're all awesome you could be awesome too you know what I mean it's like freaking cheerleaders like you're part of the club and maybe ooh side thought maybe that's a part of it it's like maybe you weren't cool or I'm not saying cool because I was not cool. I mean like popular or maybe it's like that need to just fit in with something. And I think that's what it's feeding off of in 
even if you were, you know, they say they target 35, I'm on a tangent, 35 to 40 year olds. And so maybe your prime time was in high school and you wish to relive that group mentality. I'm just kind of going on a side thought bubble with that. But like, it does make sense, right? Because as you get older and as, especially as a woman, when you have a family, you become more isolated naturally just because of constraints. I mean, when you have children, there's a lot more constraints around, you know, the time that you invest in friendships and in extracurricular activities. But if it's a business opportunity, if it's a part of your business, I guess you can devote a little bit more time to that because that wouldn't be questioned. It's kind of my thought on that. So interesting. So one of the things too um, with these big groups is they really have this sense of avoiding like difficult and critical questions. And that's discussed in the article. And when I was thinking about this, that's so true because the minute I've ever questioned somebody on, you know, an MLM or, or anything about it, they don't really, they don't get into the meat and potatoes. It's always a fluff answer. It's always a standard, like this is obviously what whoever you look up to and get guidance from has told you to say because it really focuses a lot on that energy and that sense of belonging and that camaraderie com, com, camaraderie <laughs> tongue tied and just that that essence of you know the organizational relationships and all the amazing things that can happen and all these amazing amazing things that you will get out of it and they really don't focus on like the details of the business that might much. And they even like, you know, a lot of the, the energy that you put into these MLMs, it doesn't, there, there isn't, um, there isn't a strong backing or strong proof around the financial success. So it is really selling like a dream and they're really good at calculating the way that they navigate how that is discussed because they really don't back it with facts. And that's a big part of like cults too, right? They they sell an idea and you have a group. So you're part of something. So you feel that connection and that community, but there's really not much evidence behind it, but you feel like you're part of something bigger than yourself. So it must be important, you know? And that's a big part of um, uh, their motto is like bringing people in. So there was somebody who um, was interviewed and it was Steve Hansen and he's a counselor and he was a former member of a cult. So the definition of a cult is an organization that exercises undue influence over its members to make them dependent and obedient. So in legal terms, it refers to a group or a person taking advantage of their position and power over others. So when you think of like just the structure, it is a group. And it, because you're constantly trying to aspire to get the Mercedes or get a free trip or, you know, they really make you believe that building your team will build your empire. If you're not able to do that, then there's something wrong with you. Like they really manipulate that thought process. Another area to look at is that mind control factor, right? So kind of still tying into the same thing that we were just talking about. So in the article, they go into um, how mind control can be started with a lot of praise. 
and affection to a person. So when you think of an MLM and they have these group meetings or even when you meet with somebody individually, there's a lot of building somebody up and really sharing with them like, oh my gosh, you're, you are, you have such a great personality. You would fit right in this, you know, you could have this, this, and this. These are all like-minded people. Like there's a lot of discussion around how you are the perfect person to be a part of this. And, and it's promising that because you're so perfect, really, is what they're saying, you know, that they're going to promise you that you're going to be successful and you're going to be able to obtain things that you could never obtain in a regular job. And a big part of their selling tactic is not just you being awesome, and this is why you should be a part of it, but also these products are transformative. These, you know, you need to share this with the world because it's healthy, it's sustainable, it's all the buzzwords that make you feel like a good human, you know, like I'm awesome and I'm going to give awesome stuff and I'm going to produce awesome because of my awesomeness. Like there's this whole build up to making you feel like this can't fail, right? It's a very big false belief that this can't fail. So then once someone is hooked into the belief of this MLM organization, basically they start to disrupt that person's identity and it really starts to they start going into how they can stop people from thinking super independently and even rationally. And that is very much a cult tactic. And why I say MLMs do this is because most people that I've seen, and this is very personal beyond the article, that have been become involved with this, they literally can't have discussions around anything else. Their entire um, persona, their entire discussion points revolve around the MLM that they're supporting. They get to a point where they really just can't separate personal and professional. And a big part of that is from the training. A big part of that is their ability to be an individual outside of that organization. And that is a really big part of the problem with an MLM is that it bleeds into their self-identity and they've changed, literally changed the way that their minds are working because that is what cults do. And that's why you sit there and you look at and what you should question whenever there's anything, a cult in the world that we know about, why do seemingly normal average people, even highly intelligent people buy in? And I think like this is getting deep right now, but let's think about Hitler. Okay. Not a pleasant topic, obviously. But everything that he did was horrible. But how did he get those people to buy in? Because that's the part that we really need to understand, like when it comes to cult mentality, because that's like, I think that's the one that everybody can identify as like, that's crazy. But he had an army that backed him. And those people didn't necessarily start out with those belief systems. 
they were they were manipulated into following this lunatic. And I know that's like crazy. I'm like MLMs and Hitler. Like how are those two things related? But I'm trying to get to the severity of where it can go. I'm not going to say that that's going to happen with an Arbonne. They're not going to take over the world, I hope, and just like do evil things. It's a very different context. But the point of discussing both of those contexts is that fundamentally, it's the fact that they're able to change the opinions of people and their thoughts to something to conform with the thoughts of that group, right? And it could be for good, it can be for bad. The point is, it's the same approach. And that's what the bigger discussion is. That is where we run into major problems in lots and lots and lots of areas in life is that when you have that collective mindset and this is what we have to believe and we have to do everything this way because this is the way that they're telling us to do it and then you're buying into it and then you're accepting it as the only way and when you lose the ability to have critical independent thought that's chaos and i know it's like wow you seem a little extreme about an mlm but the reality is you should be concerned when a group is manipulating the thoughts of a, of a larger you know, group of people and it's building. Whether or not it's for selling cosmetics or selling something horrific, it's the fact that we're manipulating people's thoughts and we're manipulating the way very educated people of sound mind think. That's scary that's dangerous. So in the article, they get into the bite method. And I found this really, really interesting because this is really like taking all that stuff I'm talking about and it deep dives into um, what that is, cult for cult thought process. And also they apply it then to an MLM. So let's start off with what is the bite method. So B-I-T-E, Behavioral control, information control, thought control, emotional control. So those are the four parts of it. And I'm not going to get into everything that was that was covered in this. So again, I'm going to link that article below, but I'm going to touch on each one. So for behavioral control, so when it comes to a cult, who you are and what you do, and individualism is discouraged and groupthink is encouraged, right? Very, very true in an MLM. Information control will often withhold or distort information to make it more acceptable, discouraging outside information and also a strong use of propaganda to support their own message. You also see this a lot with these MLMs, right? Um, rise up, you know, that's like a whole thing where, you know, this um, hustle culture and this, you know, they don't talk about that only like 1% of the people who are part of an MLM actually make really good money. They don't talk about their financial reporting, although it's all available there. They get them in first. And by the time they actually look at something like that documentation, they don't believe it because they've already gone through this, right? They've already gone through this information control. So it doesn't change their thoughts about the organization. Thought control. So they're controlling how they think and they accept stuff as the truth. So a really big 
point that they mention is loaded language and loaded language and then the use of cliches and they really try to stop critical thinking and reduce complex ideas. So really they're trying to promote positive thoughts, you know, questions and criticisms really aren't welcome. They're really just trying to be like cheerleaders, like woohoo, you can do it, you are awesome. It's done in a way that is really manipulating their thought process about it. So they don't question things, right? That's basically what it comes down to. When you start controlling their thoughts, you limit the questions about the organization. So you no longer see it as the pyramid scheme that it is. And then emotional controls. There's highs and lows, and this is, so these are all related to a cult, but I'm translating as to how they're related to MLMs as well. And the big thing is when you have these MLMs, the highs are going to these events, going to these parties, having somebody on stage talk about where they went from nothing to making all this money and how amazing you are and you could do it too and you can get the car and you are awesome and you rock and rah, 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 rah. You are part of the most amazing organization organization in the whole wide world and you are so lucky to be here because this is your destiny. This is the plan that is greater than yourself and all this bullshit. And the lows are when you ain't getting people on board, when you're getting that closed door, when your personal relationships are suffering, that's the lows. That's when you start questioning, why the heck am I doing this? You know, I am pissing people off. And whenever you start thinking like that, guess what? They praise you again. And they, you have this guilt and this fear, but then they bring you up and they praise you and you think, oh, it's fine. So then when you start feeling really low, they, you know, your uplines or downlines or whoever, they build you back up and, you know, they say that the problems you're facing, you know, are just from, you know, needing more motivation and that you can do better and you will do better because you're awesome and they build you back up and then it's a big cycle, right? So you're feeling awesome. And then when you have those lulls, there's always somebody to bring you back up. So they don't let you fall off. And like, I'm really <laughs> scaling this back because like I said, this article is really, really deep and it really gets into a lot of that. So looking at the bite model, I've already tied a little bit to how uh, that can apply to an MLM, but the article really does get into exactly the MLM tactics. And the bite model is based on cults. And that is very true in that manipulation and thought process and how people buy in, right? So these are the things that you've got to think about behavioral control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. And that's really the fundamentals of cult behavior and cult form formation and how they build that group that will follow them no matter what it's about, whether it's something really negative or something that's, you know, seemingly innocent, like a cosmetic sales company. So when we apply it, MLM tactic number one, love bombing. Anybody been there? I know I've been there. Anybody been there? You get that call or that text or that message from that friend that you haven't talked to. I say friend in air quotes in like so long. And there, you know, generally is, 
oh my goodness, I'm doing this great new thing. And I, you know, I thought of you because I thought you would be the perfect person to like get involved. And this is so awesome. And they wrap it in this huge mysterious bubble. And you're like, oh my gosh, what are they talking about? Oh my gosh, they thought about me. Oh, I feel so special. Right? Do we all have those messages where you, you know, think, oh, wow, I haven't heard from them in so long. And everybody loves to feel thought about. Everybody loves to feel like they're not forgotten. It is normal to enjoy that attention. And that is one of the number one tactics that MLMs use to basically to, to get you to sit down with them and listen to their quote unquote pitch. And one of the first things too, like when you're part of this is you're gonna go after people that you are familiar with. So somebody you know, and not just random people. Eventually I think it has to become random people, but that is one of the biggest thing too, right? People that know you or that you know of, acquaintances, friendships, old friendships, none of them are off limits. And the biggest thing about this, you know, as they quote unquote love bomb is basically making you feel really, really comfortable with them so that you agree to sit down and meet with them. And I know for a fact that every time I've seen these happen or because I have gone just because I'm one of those people that I'm always curious and I don't buy into it. I've always been one of those people that I'm much too independent of a thinker to ever buy into that crap. So I enjoy just basically asking them a shit ton of questions and making them uncomfortable because I find it amusing. But basically every time that you end up meeting with these people, it's most of the time somebody higher up is with them and they tell you all about their rags to riches story. And if that person's not there, they tell you about my so-and-so friend who's in the company, this is their story. Like there's always that person who goes from nothing to like making the big coin. And you're just, I don't know, every single company has one apparently. And then, you know, so it's getting that first meeting and then getting to a group meeting. Like there's that one-on-one -on -one to just kind of get you excited about it without telling you too much about it. But then they really want to get you into that group meeting. And, you know, if you're really serious about being your own boss and being an independent woman, being a hashtag boss babe, then you've got to keep coming to meetings. You've got to learn about this business. You can't miss this opportunity. <laughs> I might actually do really well at MLM. <laughs> what they don't mention a lot of the times is there is a cost to go to these things. Like it's not always free to attend these things. I think I've been invited to a couple events where it's like, I wasn't told there was a cost up front, so I'm assuming there wasn't a cost, but a lot of them do have a cost. You can't just host an event without like paying for the venue, right? So they've got to earn that somehow. And a big part of it too is with that, like being excited about it is also showing how excited they are, like with that love bombing, they are for you to be a part of it. You know, they, they just get super hyped up about it. So now you've gone to the meeting, right? That's tactic number one, you know, um, that love bombing, getting you enticed about it. Tactic number two is the art of deception. Doo, doo, doo. Again, straight from the article. Don't want to take credit for these. Um, but it's that, and I feel like I've, I feel like you always see these things where they get up on stage, some speaker, and they start 
talking about their story and this incredible amount of income and this luxurious and luxury lifestyle that they have and um, basically they really talk about how you know the products are one side of it but building your team and building your business aka recruiting is really how they've changed their life you know this is the way to be really successful isn't to just think linear, it's to think big picture. <laughs> and why that's part of the deception is that that person on stage, they're selected intentionally. You know, they're not a regular person that was in the crowd that bought in that that um, is on the stage. They're higher up in the company. They're that 1%. And it's like, it's like sitting with Brad Pitt and him telling you that all you have to do is sign up all these people and you too can be an A-list celebrity. Like, you wouldn't buy into that. You know what I mean? And the reality is that person on stage is that 1% in the company. They are a part of the higher ups. They're getting, they're at the top of the pyramid, basically. What That's what I'm trying to say. So the truth is that you being that person on stage is highly unlikely. Just like it's highly unlikely that I'm going to be the next Angelina Jolie or you're going to be the next Brad Pitt. I mean, yes, there's a possibility, but the possibility is small. They sell this lifestyle as if it's easily attainable. But the reality is you exhaust every single person in your network and then you have to reach beyond that and reach beyond that and beyond that and it gets to a point where you really get like you really spend a lot of time just navigating these conversations to try and bring people in to be that person on stage to be the person who gets the mercedes and it's gotta be frustrating i would think because People are constantly either not interested or you've already approached them about it or it's there's a lot of pressure around that, like pressuring other people. But you are meant to believe that you have to just maintain this positive attitude and these meetings help bring you back up, right? So it's always pushing this empowerment and building this life that you want and that's the goal, right? So you just keep on pushing towards the goal. And also, oh, with the deception, it's, you end up buying a lot of the product yourself. Like a lot of their income generated off products are just from the people who are recruited to then recruit other people. And in order to recruit other people, you really need to buy into the product. So you buy into the product and you promote the product. And then when you get the product out there, you get those people and hopefully you recruit them into your business and you create your own uplines and blah, 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 blah. That's deception. That is big time, like they're not telling you that most of their business profits are coming from basically you. <laughs> you and all the other people who are in this little cult thinking that you're going to be the next, I don't know, head of the company or the next Rachel Hollis speaking on stage about how awesome everything is. Like that's most likely not going to happen. And then there's that tactic, the third tactic, that financial exploitation what I was just getting into it's that 
you really aren't um, selling a product. I mean, yes, there's product to purchase, but your income is coming from recruitment. And I think this is what said it best in this article. If MLMs were legitimate businesses, there wouldn't need to be such a strong emphasis on recruitment. Retail sales would support the business model. And that's kind of where it gets into the nuts and bolts of it, right? Is that if it really was based on selling a product and not on recruitment, which is the only reason why it's not a pyramid scheme, then why aren't they focusing on retail sales? And one of the things when it comes to financial exploitation, and this is what's a part of that, you know, like we're talking about that bite model and what they don't discuss, it's that deception again. They don't discuss that how the money is actually tracked and how things are actually made and what the actual percentage of people make a certain level of income. So when you really get into it and you're already like down into that rabbit hole, you will find out that in order to really get anywhere, you're the one forking out a lot of that cash. And if you really look at your, you know, your sales, I guess you could say at the end of the day, you're not making anything from them. You're building an inventory and you're actually the one who's you're supporting the businesses every single person you know within the company is doing the same thing and basically it's the quote-unquote employees of the MLM that ends up being their biggest customers and they're not disclosing that so there's a big and I feel like if they did disclose that then you probably wouldn't join an MLM to begin with because why would you it wouldn't if you were told well you have to buy $500 worth of products every quarter to be sustainable about uh, marketing everything that's coming out and to try and build your upline I don't think people would buy into that model right so you got to think like why are people buying into it and it's it goes right back to that manipulative thought process because people wouldn't buy into it if they actually were told exactly what was happening. And then there's that tactic number four, guilt, shame, and fear. So what are the interesting points that they mentioned in this article is that basically how having a regular nine to five job is considered like a quote unquote failure because they are stuck in the rat race. And the whole point of being successful in an MLM is to have your own quote unquote business with flexible hours and limitless earning potential. Yeah, right. But when people who are trying to build their uplines, you know, saying this isn't matching what I was promised or I can't seem to get, you know, traction or I'm not getting recruitments, the number one thing that they're going to tell you is that you get out of it what you put into it. That's bullshit. Shoving this shit down people's throats doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be more successful. Like it's a saturated market. If you look at like Avon or Arbon or Alouette, like it's cosmetics. It is, there's a million companies that make cosmetic stuff out there or if you want to talk about the smoothies and the shakes and the what is it isogenics and all that bullshit well there's a lot of companies that make that type of product as well and hell a lot of them cost a lot less money so it's not like 
you're not working hard enough, it is a very saturated market. And then you already are so far into this rabbit hole and you have so much money invested in it that you really just want to keep pushing it to try and be successful to prove that it isn't a not successful because you've been sold this dream and it becomes this out of control spiral that you really just don't know what to do about. And I think that comes down to one of the fundamental things about a cult and an MLM. And it's that same mentality where they condition you very early on that if you're not succeeding, if you're failing, then that's because of you. You're doing something wrong. You're not good enough. It's your fault because this system is amazing. This system is designed to create success. This system, if you follow it, you will win. That's bullshit. And that's ultimately where an MLM is very similar to a cult, if not the exact same thing. They use these tactics. They use this bite model, this behavioral control, this information control, this thought control, this emotional control. They use those in their tactics to get you in, to buy in, to believe in their system. And if the system fails you, it's not the system, it's you. You're failing the system and the system is built to succeed. That's disturbing that that's allowed because that is very similar to that example that we said before, that there is a thought that is created that is in their world, the only way to be. This is the right way. This is the good way. This is the successful way. This is the way of freedom. This is whatever, insert whatever bullshit. They use these tactics to get you sucked in. And that is a cult. I don't give a shit if you're selling face cream. It is the same tactics that are used, that were used when Hitler was running his army. It is controlling people's thoughts to make them seem to think that that is the right course of action. And that was obviously devastating and not the same as selling makeup, but it's the principle that's the same. When you start changing the way people think to basically pocket, line the pockets of the people who own these companies, the actual owners, not the bullshit stay-at-home mom business owners. I'm talking the head of these companies, the ones who develop these companies, that top 1%. All you're doing by believing this bullshit is filling their pockets, lining them with gold. In our negative example, it was control, world control, domination, whatever it was. And in this example, it's financial. And financial is just as evil and can be just as evil, I should say, sorry, as as being like a, um, a dictator, right? Like you having a great amount of wealth offers you things in the world that not many other people can do. So there would be a real reason to be at that top 1%. These companies are worth a fortune and only the top 1% is making the money. So they're getting rich off of the backs of people who are really just struggling and trying to have a little bit of a better life because that's usually what it's targeting is that housewife who wants to help 
you know, better their family or somebody who has lost their job in this current situation and just needs a little extra financial support but has children and can't afford to be away nine to five because there is no daycare or there is no school. Like right now, this is when this is really, really a shame that it's allowed because there's a lot of conditioning around making you think that you can be successful when in this business. But the reality is the odds are not in your favor. There's a lot of data, actual data that goes to show that it's the chances of succeeding are very small, less than 1%. I mean, you might as well go buy a lottery ticket because you're going to have probably the same odds of being successful on that. And the reality is when you sit there and go, but why do people buy into this if there's so much evidence to support it? And when you hear them talk about it, they really, you know, defend it. And it's because of this cult mentality, this cult uh, conditioning where they don't even have the ability not to um, really think outside of that because a lot of that's been stripped away from them. So, I mean, maybe the next episode about this the next time I talk about this I might have to deep dive into how do you break people out of this cult-like thinking this group think how do you help people if you know people who are part of these MLM schemes how do you get them to see that what they're a part of isn't healthy that it isn't a wise investment that you're better off getting that nine to five job and, you know, heck, starting a podcast and making money than it would be to do this. Or as I said in my last one, where I said MLMs are bad business, if you put as much effort into an MLM as you would into your own business, your own brand, fully formed sole proprietorship, you would be wildly successful. But They don't condition you to believe that. They condition you to buy into their program because their program gives you all the tools you need to be successful. The one problem and caveat to that is they do not have the data to support it. So it comes down to the cult mentality. You're either in or you're out. All right, guys. I know it's another uh, MLM rant today, but... This one was by popular demand. People really liked talking about it. And this was an area that I didn't get into as much on my last one. So I really hope that you enjoyed it. Until next time, this is the Community Cactus. 